0: Hollywood slash Jesse. you don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy, I dipped for so long, and what would happen is I would decide I'm gonna quit. That's it's bad for me, I'm gonna quit. I'm a man, I don't need any help. I'm just gonna quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch, that didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds, I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off This is the Jesse Kelly show What if the Holocaust you know was just the Holocaust part 2 we're going to talk about that today on the Jesse Kelly Show. There's something in the news that led me down a history rabbit hole. It's going to be an awesome day. Maybe a touch dark. Being us how we're talking about genocide. Genocide that's still on people's minds today. But it's going to be, whew, what a story. What a story. We have Donald Trump calling out Liz Cheney. Joe Biden and his minimum wage hike. I'll tell you why it actually doesn't matter at all to anybody. And the Coast Guard finding itself in a bit of hot water. All that's coming up today on the great Jesse Kelly show with what, Chris? With me, the one, the only, the showgun, Jesse Kelly. I'm going to read a quote for you now. Buckle up. Our strength consists in our speed and in our brutality. Genghis Khan led millions of women and children to slaughter with premeditation and a happy heart. History sees him solely as the founder of a state. It's a matter of indifference to me what a weak Western European civilization will say about me. I have issued the command, and I'll have anybody who utters but one word of criticism executed by firing squad, That our war aim does not consist in reaching certain lines, but in the physical destruction of the enemy. Accordingly, I have placed my death head formation in readiness for the present only in the East, with orders to send to death mercilessly and without compassion men, women, and children of polis, derivation, and language. Only thus shall we gain the living space which we need, who, after all speaks today of the annihilation of the Armenians. That was somebody by the name of Adolf Hitler gearing up to massacre people in Poland, Jews, gypsies, gays, all of them. The Armenian genocide is something virtually everybody has heard of at least once. Pops up in the news all the time. It's in the news again. Looking at a headline here, for what is yesterday, Erdogan urges Biden to reverse wrong step on Armenian declaration. But what happens? You hear about it. You hear about the Armenian genocide, and you, you don't even really know what it is, right? People don't generally know what it is. Um, what it was was, as you heard from that quote, it was the preview of what was going to come in World War II. What happened? Well, let's dive in. First of all, the Armenians. I don't expect you to know exactly who the Armenians are. Let's do a massive, massive rewind. You want to talk about the rewind of rewinds. The belief is, and you never know if this stuff is totally accurate, but the belief is they are the direct descendants of Noah. Yeah, that Noah, the one in the ark. With the earth flooding and the ark parks itself, they think, on a mountain in Armenia. And that's where the Armenian people come from. They believe that all the way. I'm not going to say yay or nay on that. I don't know. I don't have any idea. They are ancient peoples. Remember, we're talking about the ancient times of the Assyrians who eventually got taken down by the Medes who eventually got taken down by the Persians, who eventually got taken down by Alexander. Just know the Armenians are there throughout that entire time. Sometimes they're an independent nation. I'm not going through the whole history for you, nor do I know the whole history, by the way. Sometimes they're an independent nation. Sometimes they're a vassal state of one of these other big, powerful nations that rise up. Unsurprisingly, the Assyrians were a bit more... forceful than the Persians. The Persians, when they came in, they were like, yeah, go be Armenia. That's fine. Just pay your taxes, whatever. The Persians were famously tolerant for that sort of thing. Then Alexander comes in, and now you find yourself Greek. Time rolls on, and time rolls on, and time rolls on. Armenia always seems to be there. It's such a fascinating place. Eventually, they're expanding, and then... A place by the name of Rome comes along. Perhaps you've heard of them. Ancient Rome. We're talking about the 60s BC here. And the Armenians run into a man by the name of Pompey Magnus. I don't have to ask whether or not you've heard of him. On this show, you've undoubtedly heard of him. A very good friend to Julius Caesar and then eventually an enemy to Julius Caesar, which he paid for with his life. Also, Pompey Magnus, we do have to give him credit for giving us our favorite quote of all time on the show. He's the one who coined the phrase, do not quote laws to men with swords. Anyway, we're, we're bouncing through history here. Armenia, whether they're a vassal or whether they're independent though, they are always there. Always there. They actually became the first Christian nation in the history of the world. There's a little water cooler trivia there for your friends and family members. It was not, you know, the Romans or this or that. The Ar- Armenia was the very first Christian nation in the history of the world. Remember, they're still around when Rome splits, when the Eastern Roman Empire becomes the Byzantines, so on and so on. I'm 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 just trying to get through the ancient history of them first. And then eventually. You know the Asian steppe tribes, the Huns, the Mongols. We've talked about them before. Very, very powerful. The Seljuk Turks come in from the Asian steppe and start dominating everybody. Again, horse archers, fierce. You've heard this story before. A tribe comes in from the Asian steppe. You best gird your loins, Jack, because it's about to be on. The Armenians, though, there, this there is something about this story, and it will... By the time I'm done talking today, if you don't know anything about the Armenians, you're going to like them. I guarantee you're going to like them. They just are always fighting. I, I, we got a lot of requests yesterday to play that Polish pastor interview again. We are going to play it in its entirety. But he's part of the reason I, I mean, I'm filled. My email inbox is filled with that Polish pastor. I, I I'll play it again. Third hour on this show. But one of the things everybody seems to love about him is he's so bold. He's such a fighter. That's the Armenians. They're always fighting. Seljuk Turks, Romans, Assyrians, Persians, who bring it on. They're losing a lot, but they're winning a lot, too, and they're always fighting. They're never just, oh, okay, just do with me whatever you want. Part of the reason they've endured throughout time. They fight the Seljuk Turks. They win some, they lose some. They're actually doing pretty well, holding their own, carving out a nice little space for themselves, right up to the point where a man by the name of Genghis Khan, perhaps you've heard of him and his Mongols come storming in, and, well, let's just be honest, you're done holding up to anything once the Mongols come knocking at your door, at least the Mongols of that time. Once Genghis Khan and his Mongols come in, The Armenians pack up and move to southern Turkey. Remember, it's not Turkey at this time. It was Asia Minor, but that's where they moved, over there. And then we saw the rise of a people you will undoubtedly have heard of before, the Ottomans, the Ottoman Empire. Massive Muslim Empire. The Ottoman Empire takes down the Byzantines, you know, takes over Constantinople. And now that brings us to really where we have to start talking about our story here. The Ottoman Empire, like I just said, they were Muslim. They viewed themselves as being the center of the Muslim world, the protector of the Muslim world, and the enemy of Christians and Jews. We're going to talk about that and Joe Biden and why this all ties together. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Jake's mint chew can save your life? Is that is that putting it too far? Can save your life? I don't know that I've ever said that before on the show, but look, I don't need to explain to you about the dangers of tobacco. And I'm certainly not judging you for your tobacco use. I have dipped A thousand times in my, a thousand, probably way more than that. I dipped for years. I have smoked before. If you name it, I've done it worse than you have, but you got to clean that up. And it's hard to quit that when you love it. It's hard to get your loved one to quit that when they love it. Jake's Mint Chew's here to help. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine free. It's sugar free. 11 different flavors, a long cut. They even have CBD pouches. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. When you use the promo code JESSE, that's J-E-S-S-E, that gets you 20% off. It is The Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at com. We have Emerald Robinson, White House reporter Emerald Robinson coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes from now. Going to give us a little preview of Biden's speech tonight. going to give us a little scuttlebutt update. What are the rumors saying in D.C.? Chris, did you hear Biden from yesterday? Did you hear what he said? Do you have that clip? Biden yesterday, I'll I'll play it for you in a little bit. Don't worry. I I don't want to interrupt the history story, but Biden yesterday, he told the reporters when he took a question, he said something to the effect of, okay, one last one or I'm going to get in trouble. Who who are you going to get in trouble with, Mr. President? You're the commander-in-chief. All right, all right, we'll get to that in a little bit. Don't distract me. Back to our story about the Armenian genocide. All right, the Ottomans take over. It's now the Ottoman Empire. And this is not something we learn a ton about here in America because we are a Judeo-Christian nation. They were a Muslim empire, and so we just don't feel as much of a kinship there. Doesn't make us doesn't make us bad. That's just the way it rolls. You should know more about the Ottomans than you do, though. They were mega, mega powerful. They were extremely technologically advanced. Uh, scientific people, very clean people with the bathing and the traditions. They, they were. It was an impressive society. Obviously not my religion, but a very, very impressive society, an impressive empire. But as many empires were, I don't want to single out the Ottomans, but as many empires were, they were pretty stinking oppressive to an extent. And here's what I mean by that. They had several people underneath them who weren't Muslim. They had a lot of Jews. They had a lot of Greeks. They had a lot of Christian Armenians. They had a lot of Kurds. A lot of the Kurds were Muslim at this time, but they were separate groups, very much separate, not Ottoman, only they were within the Ottoman Empire. And how did that work? Well, ask me which year it is, and I'll tell you how it worked. And here's what I mean by that. In general, in general, they wanted these groups to stay in their own area. Okay, uh, this town—that's a Jewish town. Uh, this town that these are Greeks over here. Uh, this town—it's going to be these are going to be the Armenians, which is not, in general, a great long-term strategy. But it—it it was it, there were times when it worked. The problem is they treated the Armenians and the Jews and the Greeks. And often the Kurds, they treated them oftentimes like second-class citizens. Now, I can't give you a specific on that because it ran the gamut. Sometimes, oh, hey, Jews, uh, you need to pay more in taxes. And the Jews would be like, wait, these Muslims, the Ottomans aren't paying that. Yeah, they're Muslims. You're Jewish. You're paying more in taxes. Uh, That's just how they would handle things. Sometimes, though, it got way more oppressive than that. Oh, Armenians. Hey, we need, uh, we need some extra troops for this really dangerous unit. No, we're not asking. Your young men are coming with us. We're not going to take the Muslims first. We're taking you. Sorry, Christians. Let's go. You couldn't be a witness in a trial if you were a Christian or a Jew or a Greek. You were just a second-class citizen that, at the whims of whatever sultan happened to be in charge of the empire, he could decide he wanted to brutally oppress you. Uh, Oftentimes that extended into murder and, and assault of women, or it could be, like I said, pay a little more in taxes. But the thing is, the Armenians never stopped being Armenians, and I need to stress this point. And the reason I need to stress this point is it's important for me to give at least a portion of the other side of the story when I talk about the Armenian Genocide. Turkey, to this day, to this day, they will say things like, one, it wasn't that many people killed. Two, okay, yeah, we did this, but they were killing us all the time. And they're not necessarily wrong. These Armenian people are not bow your head and kiss your feet i guess you're in charge of us now people they are constantly rebelling and revolting you go storming into the wrong armenian town as an ottoman tax collector you might find your head on a stake very very shortly and i don't mean just small little rebellions i know it's hard not to love them I don't mean just small ones. I mean, randomly a thousand Armenians will arm up and, and rise up and just go kill a bunch of Turks. Just go kill a bunch of Ottomans. Screw it. It's on. We want to be free. These are people who are not made to be under other people. It doesn't work. It does not work for them. And I have to give that part of it because that's going to play a part in our story as well. It is. In fact, in fact, it's starting to play a part in our story as we speak. We're right about the time in our story where these Armenians are really starting to chafe under the Ottoman rule. We're getting closer to the, you need to think, 1900. Think about that. We're starting to flirt with World War I, okay? And the Russians are there. The Russians are still led by a czar, a Christian czar. Russia at that time is a Christian nation, considered themselves to be a Christian nation and a defender of Christianity. The Ottomans, well, that's going to be a problem for them because they're a Muslim nation. And by now, by the 1900s, by the early 1900s, late 1800s, the Ottoman nation is very much starting to fade a little bit. The Armenians are looking at this as an opportunity and they're looking to Russia and they start doing some very, very heavy flirting with Russia. They're batting their eyes. They're blowing kisses. Hey, Russia, would really, really love it if you could maybe step in down here. I mean, you're a Christian. We're Christians. Don't you want to help out? And the thing is, Russia, Russia did want to help out. Russia was all about that. They did not like seeing a Christian community oppressed in that way. So Russia starts storming in from the east, starts going to war with the Ottomans. As Russia starts storming in, The Ottoman Empire that was already getting weak is now getting weaker. Why is it getting weaker? Because parts of it are breaking off that have always wanted to be their own nation and becoming their own nation. The Russians storm in. Hey, congrats, you're free now. Thanks, Russia. We're our own country. And as Russia is storming in and countries are breaking off and Turkey's getting weaker and poorer and weaker and poorer and weaker and poorer, The Armenians are looking around and thinking, well, this is our time. We've been wanting out from underneath the Ottoman yoke for a long time. This is our time. And they start revolting. A lot of them start revolting. I'm using generalizations. I don't want to act like every Armenian was revolting, but a lot of them were. And when I say revolting, again, I hate to give the turkey line because I'm very much on the side of the Armenians here. I make no bones about it. I hate to give the turkey line, but when I say revolting, I don't mean the Armenians were saying, no, we're not paying taxes anymore. I mean, they were happy, very, very happy to kill Ottomans by the thousand, by the thousand. The Armenians, when they revolt, they revolt in a very, very, very serious way. Which is, which is prompting a dying Ottoman Empire, a dying Ottoman leadership to want to crack down harder on the Armenians. If you read this story from a 30,000-foot view, you will see something. You know what that thing is? I will tell you in a moment. And then we will get to a minimum wage hike. Why doesn't it matter? I'll tell you. A message brought to you by Nitsa and the Ad Council. In addition, tomorrow I will meet with Guatemalan community leaders, and I'm eager to hear their thoughts. The people of the region, of course, must be at the center of everything we do. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) It is the Jesse Kelly show. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, seven, four, three, seven, three. The people of Guatemala have to be at the center of our immigration policy. I don't think Chris, I don't think that's how that's supposed to work. (laughs) Gosh, this place. All right. Back to our story about the Armenian genocide. It's about to get dark in here. We're about the late 1800s. That's where we are right now. Russia uh, storming in, the Ottoman Empire losing territory, getting weaker. And part of what I mean about getting weaker is really losing financial strength. And, And think about it this way. Think about if the United States of America was to lose Texas and California. Texas and California are gone. Gone. How much does that change the American budget? How much how much does that change the American military? California, keep in mind, if it was its own country is the fifth largest economy in the world. It changes everything, right? That's what happens when these aging empires start losing territories, you're losing vital parts of your economy. It's so bad, the money situation's getting so bad there. They're having to take out huge loans from places like Britain and France. And, and oftentimes, because it's still a sultan who's running things in the Ottoman Empire, oftentimes these loans are just to pay for a new party or, or a private boat for the sultan. I mean, it's just that extravagant. The rich are richer while the poor are dying and the country itself is rotting from within. The Armenians rise again, and they're starting to now form secret societies, violent secret societies all around the country because they want out. They have had enough. They want out. So the Sultan does something that's called the Hamidian Massacre. The Hamidian Massacre was, I mean, just beyond terrible. He had his mounted troops, his cavalry soldiers ride into any Armenian place they could find and slaughter tur- and torture and burn alive men, women, and children. I don't mean one or two. I mean 200,000 of them in the in the Armenian massacre. We're not even at the Armenian genocide yet. This is pre-Armenian genocide. Well, now... Once again, you've only increased the resolve of these people, which leads us to right up before WW1. You have a younger, much more radical group ready to take over the government in the Ottoman Empire. They are known as the Young Turks. They want the Ottoman Empire to rise again and be powerful again. And when empires die, when empires are dying, it is common. It is the norm. You are seeing it here where idealism begins to rise big time in, all, in multiple directions. In the, the countries, as they're dying, people can sense it and they rush to extremes. When the young Turks take over, it's very much an extreme. And I should note, when things like the Hamidian massacre happened, and I just breezed right over it like it's nothing just because I don't have time for it today, it's not like the world didn't know. The world by now knew all about the horrible things the Ottomans were doing to people like the Armenians and the Jews and the Kurds, and they were roundly condemned. By, the world was horrified by what they were doing, but keep in mind... This is not the George W. Bush era. This is the America stays out of other people's business era. The world was often horrified by things people were doing. That didn't mean you stepped in. You just kind of let it happen. Rightly or wrongly. All right, World War I kicks off. You know the details of that. But the Ottomans have to figure out who are we going to fight with? Well, they weren't really going to fight on the side of the Russians, for one. For two, Germany. Germany was very worried about Russia. Germany was the only one who wanted the Ottomans with them. That's how bad the Ottoman reputation was for brutality and decadence at this point in time. No one else even wanted them. Our side didn't even want them. Germany's like, oh, yeah, come on in. And, and they came. And Germany had two different things they wanted from this. Like I said, they wanted the Ottomans to help hold off Russia from Germany's east. And the Germans wanted the Ottomans to help fuel a pro-Muslim, anti-British sentiment. Because the, Britin- the British had so much of the world and they had so many Muslims under their rule... The Germans wanted those Muslims to rise up and rebel against the Brits during this war. Kind of a fighting a multi-front war thing. Really, 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 really smart, as a matter of fact. They even, they even sent a, a group of secret agents to Afghanistan to try to get a bunch of Muslims to rebel. Yeah, I know. It's wild. It, it's really cool. Really cool. It didn't work, but it was still cool. Anyway, that's what's happening on the ground. Okay. But the Russians storm in. It's World War I now. The Russians are here. The Russians go charging into the Ottomans. And the Russians are beating the living crap out of the Ottomans. The Ottomans, uh, to, to their, in their defense, the Ottomans actually acquitted themselves very well for the equipment and manpower they had in World War One. But the Russians storm in and slap them around. They have some horrible, humiliating defeat where they lost 90% of their troops, I mean, just got massacred. And so the commander comes back after this massacre, and it was a huge battle, I'm not going into it, and he has some things to say. One, these Russians, they had an Armenian contingent fighting with them. Two, the Ottomans had Armenians in their army, too and the Armenians in their army were not following orders. Sometimes they were just doing their own thing. This disgraced commander who just lost 90% of his troops comes back in and sits down with the Armenian leadership. I'm simplifying things here and says, it's those dirty Armenians screwing us over again. They are traitors. We have to get rid of them now. Well, when you're a proud empire that's dying like the Ottomans were, and you take a defeat like that, that alone is going to create anger and resentment. When you have a scapegoat within your borders, now there's resentment, and now you want revenge. They blamed the Armenians. And once again, I have an obligation to bring up the fact The Armenians really were, many of them really, really were trying to subvert the Ottomans at every turn. The Ottomans would go into an Armenian area and find the Ottoman telegraph lines had been cut. They'd find weapons caches. They would look, the Armenians were obviously very, very, very rebellious and the Ottomans decide, we're not going to take this anymore. It's time to get these people. And this is where it gets really, really ugly. And this is where there are so many parts to it. I'm just going to kind of bounce you around it as best I can as we try to wrap up our story here. The overall idea of what became the Armenian Genocide, the overall idea of it on paper wasn't let's go kill all the Armenians. It was let's go deport all the Armenians so they can't get us from within. Well, they got rid of him, that's for sure. We will continue this story, and then we'll get into Trump and Liz Cheney. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. I love my Eden Pure Thunderstorm because it, well, I'll put it to you this way. You can taste how much better the air is. My, I had a friend walk in my house Friday night, and it's not as if we have a dirty home by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a normal home, two sons, a dog, smells come about. He walked in and said... Does it smell cleaner in here? He asked his wife, and I said, yeah, it does. Because I have three, not one, not two, three Eden Pure Thunderstorms in my home. They don't just cover up odors. They take them out. No more itchy, watery eyes for me in the morning either. Go get yourself one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for $10 off. India, they're suffering at what this moment. What do you moment. say to the folks in India? Well, you may get- Look, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to, this the last question I'll take. and I, I'm really going to be in trouble. Well, going to let, going to be in trouble? Who are you going to be in trouble with, Joe? You're the president of the United States of America. Why is our president... Why is our president going to be in trouble with somebody? He is the commander in chief, right? This is all such an embarrassing joke, and everybody knows what the game is here. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We have Emerald Robinson coming up in 40 minutes. She's the White House correspondent for Newsmax. We're going to ask her about that. We're going to ask her about that. I mean, because everyone knows Joe Biden's not in charge. That's what that means. Joe Biden's not in charge. Who is in charge? Who is because I I really want to know this and I want specifics. Not that I think anyone knows. I'm gonna be in trouble implies somebody's gonna yell at me or lecture me. I wanna know who's taking Joe Biden by the arm when he gets backstage and scolding him. Play that again, Chris. Sorry, I'm gonna just the last question I'll take, and I am really gonna be in trouble. That imp- you know what you can picture what's that. That's somebody. Joe Biden's fearing somebody. Somebody said, Joe, I told you not to take questions. Why are you taking questions? Go sit down over there. Is it Jill Biden? Is it Vice President Hoover? Is it? What is, who is, All right, we'll get back to that in a minute. All right. We are talking about the Armenian genocide. The Ottomans decide to mass deport the Turks. And they do. They start rounding up entire villages and deporting them. And I'm just going to focus on the deportation side for a moment. When they deport them, they're not loading them up into trucks. They're not putting them in a nice cushy automobile. They're not putting them on a course. They're simply force marching them hundreds and hundreds of miles with Oftentimes, no food or little food. Oftentimes, no water. People start dying almost immediately. And you know who would die right away, right? The old people start dying. Pregnant women start dying. Little kids start dying. And the further you go, the weaker you get. So you get sicker and weaker and sicker and weaker. And that that was as nice as this mass genocide is going to be. I'm going to try to get through this in in a way. that I I know you listen with your kids. I'm going to try to get through this in a way, in the best way I can. I'm just going to give it to you, though. Uh, Bayoneting people to death was the norm. You have to understand the hatred that existed from these Ottomans to these Armenians. Uh, the assault of women, I can't, I can't properly put it into words for you how often that happened. If you, I'll put it to you this way: if you are a woman, and I mean young or old, I'm ta- I'm talking child age or old woman, all of them got it. It was more, it, it was a, uh, gosh it's just terrible to talk about. It was, a, it was a hatred domination thing. If you were a woman of any age who didn't have that happen to you multiple times during this, you were the rarity. And I mean, all of them got it. Absolutely all of them. None were spared. The women, the ones who didn't have just have that happen to them on the way, lots of them were flat out taken in as slaves taken in as air fingers quote wives i'm not making that up you 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 and you you come with me there's this uh rich dude over here muslim guy you belong to him now and i very much mean belong to him i don't have to explain to you how they were treated when they got there oftentimes they were forced to convert to islam if they didn't and to their credit many of them did not they had absolutely terrible things happen to them publicly publicly killed slowly as an example to the others most of those women in the end were never seen again they took boatfuls i don't mean one boatful i mean lots of them boatfuls of kids children you you children get in the boat they take them out into the Black Sea and throw them overboard in mass. The clerics, the, uh, the religious leaders, obviously there's extra hatred there because of the Muslim versus Christian thing. Tortured horribly. They would burn them with pipes. They would take their feet and they would nail horseshoes in the bottom of their feet as if they were horses and make them walk around. Uh, there was beheadings, trying to make this as nice for radio as humanly possible. There was flaying people alive, as when you skin somebody alive. They loved to, one of their favorite things to do was to burn people alive in mass. They would gather them up in churches and lock the doors and set the the church on fire. They would gather them up in barns and set the barn on fire. Uh, it, it, It gets worse. They would take schools of kids and they would purposely line them up and give them all a dose of, an overdose of morphine. Or they would line up the children and give them vials of typhoid fever to make sure they died of disease. I'm still not done yet. I told you it was going to be a rough one. Hang on. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. If you miss any part of the show, and today is going to be one you're going to want to have on your phone. Between the Armenian genocide story we're telling now, we have White House reporter, insider Emerald Robinson coming up in 30 minutes. We have the Polish pastor from yesterday. If you missed that interview, the greatest interview I've ever done in my life, I am playing the interview in its entirety in the third hour. This is going to be a show. If you miss anything, you can download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating. Leave a review talking about how handsome I am. When I get back, we will wrap up this genocide story with a really cool ending. And then it's on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, Jesse dot com. We have 77% of the population supporting showing an ID to vote. So why, why does the Democratic Party take the opposite point of view? I will tell you why in just a little bit. Remember, if you call... And you don't get us live, you can leave a voicemail for us. This gentleman called, and he left quite a voicemail. Hi, you come on up here in Boston at 7 o'clock. And uh, the bit about the Zulus was just special. And then whenever you had the Polish priest from Canada, I'm telling you, I got a friend of mine goes to the Polish parish in Salem. But I got to tell you, that was outstanding. Great programming, man. Keep up the good work. I <laughs> appreciate you. All right, back to our story. Let's finish up the Armenian genocide here, and then we'll get to all the news of the day. You know that whole gassing thing? Everybody's Maybe you've heard of that from World War II. Well, I told you the Holocaust of World War II was part two. The Ottomans start doing this to the Armenians, gassing them. They're bringing in doctors, figuring out how to kill them in mass. People are told, there there were still Armenians in the military and they start running them out of the military and they're telling convert or die. They're walking into Armenian orphanages and as you can imagine, there's one or two orphanages at this time when you've already had this much death, orphanages full of kids convert to Islam now or die and many of them would not convert and there they are murdering the kids. The international community, like I said before, they knew. The Germans who were fighting on behalf of the Ottomans, half of the half of the evidence we have, there's thousands and thousands of pages of this. Half of it is the Germans, remember, fighting with the Ottomans, and they're writing back to their leadership like, uh, you should freaking see what these guys are doing down here. This is not good. This is not good at all. This is horrific. Really, really bad. The people who are getting deported. Well, lots of them are getting loaded onto trains. Any of this sound familiar? Lots of them are getting loaded onto trains heading to death camps. Didn't know that, did you? There was a main one called Der Al Der Azor where many, many, many Armenians went and met their death. Even at this camp, there was an Ottoman doctor who performed experiments on Armenians. Like I said, it had happened before to make matters even worse picture this Russia like i said in the beginning of the war they were they were kicking the crap out of the ottomans and they're taking over this territory and as they're taking over territory they're liberating the armenians in these territories they're taking over woohoo life is good russia's here and russia was really good to them because they're all christians and life is good woohoo that's awesome remember later on in the war russia started losing ground right before they got out These areas Russia had taken over, they eventually lose it back to the Ottomans. How do you think the Ottomans treated the Armenians in that area once they took it back? It was mass slaughter. They killed them all. The world did know. In All told, we don't have a number. The numbers range from 7,800,000 to 1.5 million Armenians died. During this whole thing, some estimates say 90% of the Armenian population wiped out in this area. The three main architects of this, because this, all this stuff came down from the top, all this stuff came down from the, 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 there were orders. You will do this. You will do that. The three main architects, this is the cool part about it. They were taken off, and they, were, they had these war crimes trials and obviously convicted because they did it, but then eventually, it's a technicality. I don't want to get into the details of it. They let them go. They took off. Well, they took off and went into hiding. One of them takes off to Germany, changes his name, goes into hiding. Young man walks up to him one day, shoots him in the head. A young Armenian man who was there on a mission called Operation Nemesis another one of the main architects. He escapes to Georgia, not our Georgia, again, the the Russia Georgia. Two Armenian young men come up to him one day, gun him down in the streets, part of Operation Nemesis. The last one, in case you're wondering, he died in combat before the Armenians could get him too. Those feisty, fighting Armenians found a way to get their revenge again in the end. Now, let's go back to that Hitler quote from the very beginning. This was his quote. Our strength consists in our speed and in our brutality. Genghis Khan led millions of women and children to slaughter with premeditation and a happy heart. History sees in him solely the founder of a state. It's a matter of indifference to me what a weak Western European civilization will say about me. I have issued the command, and I'll have anybody who utters but one word of criticism executed by firing squad, that our war aim does not consist in reaching certain lines, but in the physical destruction of the enemy. Accordingly, I have placed my death head formation in readiness for the present only in the East, with orders to them to send to death mercilessly and without compassion men, women, and children of Polish derivation and language. Only thus shall we gain the living space which we need." Who, after all, speaks today of the annihilation of the Armenians? Why did Adolf Hitler? Why in the world would you make the, the drastic step of a Holocaust? Okay, you hate Jews. That's fine. Lots of people hate Jews. You wanted to deport them. Okay, fine, whatever. You decide you're going to murder all of them? What, why, what in the world would make you think you could get away with that? Because the Turks had just gotten away with that, with virtually no backlash whatsoever. You see, the truth is, we human beings, we learn what we can get away with and what we can't get away with. If you want to know why things have ramped up so severely when it comes to the street violence out there, Antifa, Black Lives Matter. If you want to know why the corruption from Washington, D.C. seems to be ramping up so much. I mean, I'm looking at a headline here. The FBI sifting through NSA data to to, illegally sifting through NSA data with no warrant. If you want to know why all this stuff seems like it's ramping up, it's because it is. And if you want to know why it's ramping up, it's because we never did anything about it before. People learn what they can get away with, and the consequences of that are drastic. Don't forget, your Federal Bureau of Investigation lied intentionally to the FISA court to get a warrant to spy on an American citizen multiple times, kept lying to keep the investigation open, knowing they were lying, and at the end, one guy got in trouble and he got probation. What message did you send the Federal Bureau of Investigation? You told them they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, and nobody's going to get in trouble. And that may seem small now, it's going to seem a lot bigger when the next guy ramps it up more, and the next guy ramps it up more, and the next guy ramps it up more. Punishment is critical not out of revenge punishment is critical so these things don't happen again how many jews might be alive today or their descendants might be alive today if the world had cracked down on the ottoman empire slash turkey after how many we'll never know will we because we let them off all right trump and liz cheney hang on Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. Visit Burna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company,